Hey Zookeepers here, it's one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brandon. I'm here to welcome you to our first ever Fred's Giving. That's right, it's the annual Thanksgiving episode about Five Nights at Freddy. I, I don't know how we're going to make this work next year, but we'll figure it out. Anyways, we had on Brian and Jim from Drink a Beer and Play a Game. Highly recommend you check that out. You can just Google it. They'll take you to their YouTube channel where they have their show or their Instagram. It's all good. Um, we get to talk about this movie. We have a really fun time. You're, you're going to like the episode. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend, write a review on whatever Apple, Spotify, platform you found us on. They all have something. It's the digital age. And as always, if you have any questions, you can get at us through our email at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll read it on air. It could be anything. It could be a manifesto. We'll do it. We'll do a whole family manifesto. I don't, I don't give a shit. Anyways, great episode. Let's get to it. Love you. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how to use some tease about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all to the beat. Apologies to everyone before we start the episode. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think we're all gonna have vastly different opinions on it. Uh, usually we wait to the reviews, but you know, like everybody's been in a bad mood lately, and I don't know just that the fact this movie came out recently and it's just kind of permeating through osmosis through everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. It's just um, all news is bad. The, like the like the actual horror stories, the movie itself, like it causes depression in people. I think that's the fun thing that we'll we'll probably get into this episode is like that that common quote that like oh living through hard times or tough political ends make great art and media. I'm like I don't I don't know if that's fucking true anymore. <laughs> like, I but I also don't want to sway in case one of you liked it. Uh, we should get to introductions. Welcome to Podzuki, America's only video gaming podcast. Now on YouTube, there's no other ones that you should ever watch or see. <laughs> We we're not even on YouTube. I should do. I was this gonna thing. say, yeah, that's the first time hearing of this. <laughs> Though it's funny, we should set up a YouTube channel, and do that because it actually does help a lot. But I'm lazy. Hopefully, this will be a good. Reminder. I don't want to do it either. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think this should be the one episode we upload on X Video. Oh, this will be on X Video on YouPorn, SimpsonsGangBang.com. Uh, I want I want to do it, but every episode gets transcribed in like those robot voices that read those Reddit posts oh, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the most fucked up thing is finding out, like, all those voices are taken from real people. Yeah. I'd hate to be that Still person. Still, they're, they're Ursula-ing our voices. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I'm one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of your Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Luke Evan Slip. I'm your third Hollywood Kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman. Brandon, introduce our very special guest. We have both Brian and Jim from Drink a Beer and Play a Game on YouTube. Find it there. You can just type into Google, bring up their website or the YouTube. They're on Instagram. A lovely, uh, I want to say vlogcast. I want to say the worst term possible. Um, that I was made aware of from being a fan of Thought Cops and then checking out after that. And then like, oh, we should, we should do an episode with oh, Jim and Brian and... Um, I was like, okay, we'll set this up. That was two years ago. Uh, <laughs> I had a child in between it, but we're finally here after many, many things have happened between each time. It's, like I was saying in the, the chat with, uh, I want to say it was Jim who runs the account on Instagram, not to give it away. Um, am I right on that one? Uh, mm -hmm. Instagram, we kind of split, but I'm the, uh, the social media whore for everything else. It's very important we get this correct, this detail. But uh, on over Instagram, I was like, yeah, I hope this happens. Like, no God will get in the way of this finally, which seemed like a, a dare itself for that to happen. But 
Yeah. Glad glad to have you both, finally. Yeah, no, glad to be here. And it, no worries about the two years, because I think we've had other guests on our show that has taken longer to finally, like, nail down the time. So, it happens, trust me. We've had a few that have been, like, in that limbo. Like, I remember famously it was with uh, Aaron McDavis, who's a Chicago comedian we love. Oh, yeah, we, we lost two episodes. We, lo- we lost two episodes, and we had to do a new movie for the second one. And after we lost the second one, we decided just to keep that movie until we did the next one. Um the first one was the gay anime boy movie. Yeah, it was Promare. Promare, yeah. That's yeah. So you just need a reason to watch it again. Yeah, that's all. One. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I wouldn't mind I that. Mean, it's, I just need a Sunday afternoon, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we liked that movie. It was really fun. <laughs> Mostly positive review. Yeah. It wasn't gay enough, I think. Oh, was, yeah, that, that was, was our okay. problem. That was my, that's my only commentary. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely the Dumbledore of anime boy films of, like, everyone was, like, just putting it over the top when I was hearing about it when it first came out like oh it's so gay it's Anime's one of those where like, it's, it's like it, the movie's not gay enough but then you go to Reddit and you get why everybody thinks it's so gay yes. which is much like the movie we watched today is actually kind of a good segue we watched Five Nights at Freddy's yep. and it's kind of nice to finally have some context for that weird porn that I see on Reddit sometimes <laughs> okay good I, I'm so glad you said that loud because I was wondering which one of us was going to have to bust the cap on that first I mean, what people don't know the 4chan rules anymore yeah. They don't teach those in school. <laughs> okay, um, just real quick by voice, you can just chime in. Who's seen any of the weird Five Nights at Freddy porn? I want to say I have for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know they exist. I've not clicked on them. But... Oh, I clicked on them. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> How did I not <laughs> know these exist? Curious. I have to go track these down now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll be an honest. I'll be an honest gentleman. They're like anthropomorphized, like women versions of them. I mean, there's that. I feel like so the ones I've seen have also been kind of like, like Vore, really. Like, yeah, Vore, not a fan really likes Chica. Oh, like, yeah. really. Well, it's the only woman one, right? Well, they make Foxy a woman a lot of times in it, too. For some I, th- reason. I think Foxy is a woman. No, well, that's debatable, I guess, right? I guess no, I guess they're all children. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it just sounds like furry but grooming. But their ghost, their ghost spirits have been in those robots for more than 18 years, so... Yeah, Brandon, Brandon, this comes off just as bad. It's like, oh no, she's an 8,000-year-old witch. Yeah, thanks, Anna. Matt, now, did anybody... You guys are gamers. Did any of you guys play the video games, know anything about the video games? Because I knew... I knew it was a horror game, and I knew that the elevator pitch was evil, evil Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. But I didn't really know anything beyond that. I played the first two. I know about all of them. I didn't know shit about the lore. I can just say, like, I beat the first two. My extent, I was like, oh, it was something I streamed one time drinking way too goddamn much. So I couldn't <laughs> tell you this, that, or the other thing. Um, and then, yeah, I just I watched it about two weeks ago. And and I'm sure we'll get into it, but the lore is obviously there's a, I, didn't, I didn't realize so how much of a world there was behind it. I'll just say that. Yeah, I didn't realize so there were four video games. I thought it was just like the one. How, how do y'all think Matt Pat like made his career? Yeah. <laughs> I kept getting like trying to look up stuff on the lore, and I kept getting these Markiplier videos. That guy's fucking annoying. Oh really? Markiplier. <laughs> Maybe he was he was just like like making like like oh I'm so scared. I'm like shut up, jackass. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're about twenty five <laughs> years too old for his target audience. I think. <laughs> I, I think just any like, like Twitch streamer sort of thing. I've just never been into that. Like watching somebody play video games. You don't even like my boy Ninja. I don't even know. Who oh, that is. I, uh, man! <laughs> when I was doing comedy, I had a whole bit on Ninja. How many times he said the N word? <laughs> Ninja. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Was that just you trying to break his record? I yeah, basically. No, it was. Um, I, I don't need to get into that right now. I do want to say this about man, Mark. Brandon. He never stops bragging about his laundry chute. 
He had a digital picker frame with nothing but pictures of pussies. <laughs> and... Oh, <that's> <laughs> I forgot we're bringing that bit back. Yeah. So behind us while we're recording, there's a and digital he, he... picture frame that I, I've uh, that are all full of my wonderful daughter. And then Luke decided to posit that that's not what's on it, but it's actually just hardcore pornography that's flipping through during episodes. <laughs> not hardcore pornography, it's pictures of pussies. So, yeah. like, very few of them are sexy. Yeah, they're very hurtful. Sick pussies, a lot of them. Like, that's my favorite magazine, though. <laughs> you find out of the witch. Gross pussies. He's got to start sneaking one of those, like, digital camera frames into the background somewhere, but hiding it while you're, like, in the bathroom setting everything up. And then just all of a sudden yeah. in the background, just random pussies, just on thing, or just, like, the worst porn you've ever seen. He's got a pair of penny loafers with GoPros on the end. Yeah, I like to think of myself as a low-budget Hugh Hefner when I have people <laughs> over. You know, uh, it, Hugh Hefner died, right? Yeah, yeah he's, he's dead. dead. He's been dead for uh, yeah. quite a while. When did he die? Like twenty twenty? No, oh, no, I think it was before that. I thought it was like twenty sixteen or something. Really? I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, you you all <laughs> so. keep vamping. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> This, uh, are, this is my favorite part of the podcast, where we Google a celebrity chat. Yeah, where we didn't do our research on things we didn't know we were going to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fine. I also have the website pulled up for Drink a Beer and Play Game. It was on the one model shoot of uh, the one lady. It's like, oh, man, this is dang time. Um, but okay, so time. so to talk to, the before we get into the plot of the movie, to talk to how does it compare to the video games, Wait, I guess. Wait, we video game experiences. I played the first okay, one. Okay, sorry, I didn't. I played the first one. <laughs> I knew, uh, oh, 2017 is when Hugh Hefner passed away. Wow, that I was, was closest over. without going over. Um, I played the first one uh, actually when it came out because I remember getting a lot of attention on Steam. And I, I, I gotta say, I did enjoy it a lot. And then um, I didn't play any of the games afterwards, but I found the lore really interesting. So I'd keep up with that through like Reddits and all that you'd see or Tumblr. Um, and then Security Breach came out. I remember that being like the last big entry for it. What, but two years ago? One year ago now? That sounds about right. Uh, which I heard was really good. I mean, all the reviews were pretty well. I like the idea and the concept for the game. I never played it, though. But I like that they're trying different things. Also, of course, reading about Scott Cawthorn and all of his weird antics behind the scenes, too. Um, just, I mean, we don't need to get too political. But any pro-life dude's just always so fucking weird. Yeah. I mean... They gotta own it at least, right? It's not. It's just, it's fair for me to say that. Yeah. There's there's a nice irony kind of with that in a in a game about like dead children and stuff like that. So that makes right. sense. Yeah. It's like that whole like um, very devout Christian that puts out that weird like almost torture porn because I was listening to uh, True and On recently, where they did a whole episode on a child called It, which is that famous book series about this guy who wrote about this abuse from uh, when he was a kid that was actually fake and made up. Oh, um, I didn't know that. But it's like I, mean, really, I, I always kind of thought that though. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it's like really gross and super descriptive of all of it. And he's that also like military kind of guy who's also super religious, and then it comes out he's lying about all of it too. Yeah, so. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Not great podcast. Uh, yeah, God, yeah. Keep, God keeps churning them out. Yeah. <laughs> that does make me uh, want to like check out. What well, didn't they have like a biz- Five Nights at Freddy's have like some bizarre turn-based RPG like? pixel based yes. almost it, like atari looking the, graphics from the research i was doing it seems like that the lore got popular especially with like reddit because it's kind of inaccessible like you can play oh, the yeah. games without knowing a thing about it you got to kind of like and it's like a multimedia thing as well yeah a lot of it's in the background and just kind of like not not explicitly stated and by now they're like extended universe novels yeah. and all this other well shit. this goes back to scott cawthorn is that he's like prolific for making video games like he has been making tons of them since like 2010 oh yeah like, so that's that's my background with five nights at freddy's i've always like 
since I learned about it, him, like its designer and everything, I think his career is fascinating. Like as an indie designer, as someone who finally fucking broke through and like made this incredibly popular franchise, I think he's so interesting. But then you also find out about like all the anti-LGBTQ like donations or sorry charities yeah. that he has donated to. And it's incredibly, like, frustrating. Because all I want is for indie game makers to, like, succeed and make the money that they fucking deserve. But not like this. Yeah, like, the thing that's... Uh, I mean, this is really interesting to talk about. Because, like, he put the work in. I, I oh, would yeah. not discredit that. He, like, he is, actually goes back all the way to, like, 2003 is when he started making games. There's, like, some that are, like, 1995-94, but that's, like, when he was a kid fucking around, so I wouldn't count that. I, I also love that the... The bulb of an idea that was Five Nights at Freddy's was just people commenting on how creepy the designs were for, like, a previous game he had made. He was like, okay, I'll show you something fucking creepy. Yeah. And like, that's the thing, too, is it's going to be in our stupid game section earlier, but I was going to give you a list of names he's, or games he's made to see if they're real or not. But, like, a lot of them are, like, Vegas, uh, let's see, Aquatic Critter Slots. He's probably working for a team. Oh, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a Rule 34 name. Doomsday Picnic RPG, uh, The Desolate Room. Weird Colony, Bogart, like, yeah, he was just, he was pumping them out. Um, but yeah, since Five Nights at Freddy was a big success, he's made tons of them uh, since then. And then when they've gotten to more mainstream and, like, bigger studios got behind them, like, Security Breach is a great example where, like, he did executive producing and wrote for some of the game, but he wasn't, like, directing it or doing anything big with it. Well, it's, which all, it's also kind of like the same thing that happens with... I guess anybody who suddenly gets fame very quickly, like they're crazy, comes out very loud and and furious. Like, didn't uh, the dude, like, Notch, didn't he go crazy? I was going to say, this oh, kind of sounds like the Notch pipeline pipeline over here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to make an argument for Scott Cawthorn because I definitely do not agree with his politics, but, like, he's at least been quiet about his whole career and he's tried, when the controversy came out, he tried to push it back down and not be like, no, no, I'm with everybody, don't worry about it. So at least he didn't go like, Full notch where he's like, we should murder every trans person. I mean, Chris yeah. Pratt's been part of an anti-gay church for how long? And he gets to be Mario and Garfield. That's actually, that's a great example. I feel like Scott Cawthorn's definitely like a Chris Pratt type where it came out and he's just like, nah, nah, man, I'm cool. We're just like fun friends with everybody. Don't worry about it. Don't think about he's, it He's that, 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 that vaguely attractive white guy well, that's not, also not Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, I did not say that myself, though. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so I think, all that aside, I think it builds into getting to talk about the movie, because he also wrote the script for this, he was part of the screenplay with the movie's director, which I wrote down, which is Emma Tammy. Um, I'm really surprised Really? So the guy who made the game wrote the movie? Yeah, he's he's a, he's also a big time writer, so I'm not surprised about that. So I'm sure I he think he needs to read a script writing book then, because <laughs> this movie was a mess. And uh, we're gonna we'll talk about it in the reviews, but I think this is the first time I want to break this instead of waiting. How did we all individually feel about the movie? I'm gonna go down and just say right away, it's fine. I don't think it was terrible, but it definitely is not good. I think it's bad. I mean, it's definitely not good. I I wouldn't hate it, I guess, but. <laughs> It was, I did not like it, and there was a lot of mistakes with it. It's not interesting in any way. It's just boring. So, that's a down, vote, down thumb for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think it's just fucking boring. I, I can count on one hand the amount of, like, moments I enjoyed in the entirety of the film. And, like, I don't need to enjoy a film to think that it's necessarily good. This is just not a good film. Yeah, I I think um, I'm probably going with more of the fine aspect just because I have zero expectation for the video game movies to begin with. 
And yeah. I went into this going like, I don't care about Five Nights at Freddy's. So I did, you know, whatever. I didn't even realize Matthew Lillard was in it. And then okay, yeah, he, he just, just shows like, up like the hell are you? Doing? I was like, that's like yeah, it, it threw me off, and I'm like, all right, well, obviously I love him from Scream and Thirteen Ghosts, so I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, let's see what happens. The main character, I know that guy's face, I can't tell you who he actually is. That's Josh Hatter or Hatterson, which you might know as Peter. Yeah, um, from Hunger Games. I, I just i I felt like he was just blah. He he was like as boring as possible but you know once it got into the the characters at first they were actually kind of creepy and then i don't know if you want to call it a spoiler once they got into the goofy like let's build a fort together i was like what the fuck is going on with this and yeah the to- yeah that's one thing i think that kept it from being even a good movie in my book is the tone's just all over the the, ki- the, the killer animatronic robots powered by ghosts don't need pathos so you know <sighs> By the end, I was just like, you know what? There were, I think you, you you all pointed out, there were moments I can say I actually enjoyed. I'll be honest, most of them were with Matthew Lowered. I think there were a few other interesting ones when like random dudes broke in and what happened with them. Outside of that, yeah, it was just very like oddly slow paced with like just odd choices in between. So it was. Well, they had to fill almost two hours of stuff. That's it, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was as fine as fine could be. Like I don't know how else to put that. And that's another thing too is like talk about like misuse of of actors and characters of like if you have Matthew Lillard just give him more time man because he's I, I always love him in any movie and it's like the time I was enjoying was usually when he was on the screen and he was not in as much as I liked him to be especially. Once again, if you know, like, the Five Nights at Freddy, like, a lot of the backstory, he's, like, one of the main, mm-hmm. like, pieces of it. So, like, why not just put him in the forefront of a lot of it? Now, d- I can't believe, like, you have to tell a screenwriter, like, hey, don't have the main character just trying to fall asleep all the time. That might be boring. I, I think Luke and I came up with a theory on this on the drive over where he's just a naturally sleepy guy and they had to write that into the script <laughs> to explain... <laughs> Why he was constantly like just not looking at anything. He's got crippling narcolepsy in real life, and you're like, ah, shit. What do we do with this? How do we write this? <laughs> yeah. What about you, James? Um, yeah, I'm kind of into boat of everyone. Like, I thought it was fine. Like in the beginning, like I went in with no expectations. I actually thought the trailers made it look like kind of okay, and I was like, oh, this might not be shit. And then the beginning of the movie's going on, and I'm just like kind of sitting there going. Uh, this well first I saw that it was in like an hour and 47 minutes and I was like why why is this going to be this long <laughs> but then like yeah the beginning I hated spots. and then like at some points I was like all right this is actually like getting my attention and then by the end it was kind of a mess and you know what threw me off the entire goddamn time was Josh Hutchinson's accent like I don't know what he was going for <laughs> or what area he was trying to do in that movie cuz like when he was PETA he was kind of just like talking like a normal person like I've sat through all the Hunger Games PETA. movies but yeah, so like when I'm hearing him in the movie and he's just like weirdly pronouncing everything, I'm just like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's um, I had to look it up too while you're all talking. Also, the music is all over the place. Three that... licensed songs, and I'm assuming there are, are these licensed songs in the video game at all. I don't think so. No, I only played the first. Talking in your sleep is like the highlight because it's like a good song. But it's also like you go to Chuck E. Cheese's and they have like their own original song that they play. Like yeah. they should have been some creepy. I, I also want to get this. I wrote this down how the design of the animatronics, like the way that they, they're designed to like look creepy, I think 
at least in the movie, makes them look not creepy because the fear is supposed to come from that there's this innocent childlike thing turning evil, and you yeah. don't really get that because they already look like they're going to kill you. Right. I mean, the, the, I think, once again, that's a highlight of the film is the practical effects. Cause, I mean, it's Jim Henson Company did them, so it makes sense. They do look excellent, but it's like they don't... Uh, once again, I feel like it's the director of this, uh, Emma Tammy, like, this is like her first big project, looking at her IMDb. Um, and I feel like it's just, she didn't know how to direct horror, and that's fine. If you don't do that, you have to go and be a Stanley Kubrick, and then you make it all about atmosphere, but she didn't really pull that off either. And she's, like, talking interviews, like, I didn't want to just do jump scares. I'm like, well, if you're not... This movie does so many jump scares. Yeah. Jump scares There's not the a entire, lot, but they're very gratuitous. Jump scares are the entire fucking backbone of Five Nights at Freddy's. This, this exactly. didn't have enough, like, interesting jump scares. Yeah, if there's any property you get to direct, this is the one where you can take full liberty with the jump scares. Because that's, I mean, that's why Mark got popular with screaming at the screen all the time, jumping at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I just didn't get how there wasn't, like, at least one sequence where, like, either Peter or even, like, in the very beginning with, like, you know, the first security guard who they killed off right away. Like, they didn't have a little section where he's just, like, desperately trying to lock doors as the power's going out and crap like that. At least emulate the game, even for one little five-minute section. Yeah. They never even if did they that. they did that at all, it bothered if, me. If they did, like, a fucking hardcore Henry style, like, him just trying to survive that final night in first person, that would have been so fucking tight. Oh, that would have been fucking rule. And they had the time for it, because, like, the scenes with, uh, I wouldn't say Mike, the main character... They just drag so much. They could have cut so much out, but so many better parts in. There's um, so much they could have cut out of this movie. Like I've got, I wrote down this movie suffers from way too many plot points. Like okay, you've got our main character. He's got survivor's guilt from his brother's uh, abduction. Uh, yeah, employment again, insecurity. You don't, you don't need to make it the same killer. They yeah. could they could have done a different guy. He's got an evil aunt who's trying to get rich. Yeah, evil of, aunt, pot- yeah, potential child government loss. assistance, dream, uh, dreamscaping. <laughs> I mean, knowing that one of the writers was like kind of a hardcore Republican, that kind of makes sense for that storyline now. Also, a friend that just doesn't come back. Like, I guess they could have just been coworkers, but he seemed to be on good terms with that guy before he tackled that other guy in the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many like just like randomly you... forgotten characters. Like, you think of your babysitter. Like, you know, when, like, the people who broke in and all that shit, like, it's just never addressed again. Never hear anything about it. He's like, oh, my babysitter's not picking up. That's weird. And there's so much exposition in the beginning that they keep telling us over and over again. And when it also would have been better reveal, like, reveal it piecemeal, like, as he's working at Freddy's or whatever, like, little, like, clips back. Yeah, if they actually... Being kid, when I think the movie should have started with him at the, uh career counselor or whatever trying to get a new job and then you see flashes of him beating up the dude like you don't need that entire yeah. scene before it and i feel like we could go through the the actual synopsis of the movie or the plot pretty quickly if it does start off with he's working as a security uh officer i guess what you'd say at the mall he accidentally tackles a guy he thinks it's trying to steal a kid it's their own kid i guess it's supposed to be a joke it didn't really come off super funny <laughs> um they show him almost right away at a you know basically employment office or um like, I guess, an agency of sorts trying to get a new job. It's the big reveal is that Matthew Lillard's his agent, but then you find out later he's actually the serial killer. I, we don't need to be too precious with the plot with this movie. I feel okay, like. I didn't pick up on that, that the career counsel guy was working for Matthew Lillard. Because when Matthew Lillard showed up, I was like, oh, the dude's alive? Yeah. Because I thought that he would like died and he was a ghost with everybody else. Yeah. Which would, that would have been more fun, I feel like, but I, they wanted to go with the lore of the series, I think, and try to keep that intact, because it is kind of reflective of what is in the video games with it. 
Yeah. Um, but anyways, the, he offers him a role as a security um, officer <clears throat> overnight at Five Nights at Freddy's. He doesn't want to take it because the the nights because he has a. You think it's his daughter at first, but it's his young kid sister. Um, and this is another plot point that's just so convoluted. Of like, it would have been easier to explain if it was just his daughter. But then it's from his... No, 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 no. If you were having children watch a film, they cannot identify with a character who's ever had sex. Right. And, it, like, that does just make it where it's like, okay, so it's just a nerd virgin I'm following this whole time. <laughs> um, but anyways, th- this is a, such a convoluted thing to explain. So the main character, Mike, his brother, when he was young, got abducted and murdered. Um, he feels guilty. I mean, he knows he was abducted. We don't know. It was a spoiler learning alert. On yeah. The- um, but he feels guilty about it his whole life, and basically now he's dealing with the fallout of it later in his adult life. Both of his parents have passed away. Then you find out later. Well, no, his no, dad's not dead. Yeah, the dad, dad just ran left. off. Oh, the dad ran off. Sorry, I forgot. Good for him. Um, anyways, the dad ran off because he thought this movie would be too fucking boring. Um, <laughs> and then you think for like the first half of the movie that the young girl that he's watching is his daughter, but it's actually his young kid sister from the parents before the dad left. And when you think about the time frame for everything, it's like this doesn't makes sense they had that child late in life yeah yeah like you could have a you could have a kid late in life but also like after the abduction of a sibling and your marriage is falling apart you're like oh fuck it one more kid it, it wasn't even like immediately after the abduction they like had to have waited a while right when you would have been most horny but it's later which makes no sense to me look you can be um, your life can be falling apart but you still got to get it in you know what that actually does Ooh. explain it pretty Ooh. well that's a that's a t-shirt right there yeah. <laughs> get the jingle in the episode there t-shirt um but yeah that explains that whole weird subplot but he, he's looking for clues in his dreams yeah. because that's how dreams work it just yeah. shows you infallible memories yeah so his uh his young sister also i mean they they don't put it out there ever in words but she seems to be like extremely neurodivergent or autistic Oh, where she's she just... Has, she has the shining. She and the and shining. She, she's really bad at art for her age. Like She's like worse <laughs> than Chris Chan. Yeah, making a head foot people. <laughs> yeah. Term I just found out today, which is a really fun one. They call them... I found this is an actual definition. They call them head footers, which is a, the, the term they use for when a child is learning to draw for the first time. They just draw a circle and then put feet and arms on them because it's a common thing in psychology and almost all kids start drawing like that. They just call it a head footer. So that's adorable. It's really Thanks fun. For the lecture, doctor. Yeah. Hey, you learn a little bit when you listen to Podzuki. That's all we can offer. That's it. Um, you want anything else? Get out of here. We gotta set up a Patreon after that point. Um, I would say at this point in the film, he molts over it. He can't get a job anywhere, so he takes the job as a security um, officer overnight at Five Nights at Freddy. Um, this just called Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll be taking. Thing. I, it is. I, I feel like with the, the five day thing, did anybody count? Was it five? Yeah, it was, it was, five, it was, five, it was exactly five. They that's should have why, done. Like, that's why they needed to build the fort. There's not. Again, this movie's just not interesting. There's like the, it's not scary enough, and it's not like like, like charming enough. Because if they'd done like a like when they do like the segments in The Shining, and there's like the violin sting, they could do like that with each day. Yeah, something they, kind I, of interesting. They could have aesthetically made some fun choices of like even had a like a day one cutaway, and then they go do that, and it builds up the tension. But also like another thing too, like go over this as we're getting into the plot. Like they don't they don't use tension in any good way because you think it would be a buildup of like day one to day five, it gets more and more intense. It just feels so slapdash until they get to the day five. Like you don't even think yeah. about like is this day three or day four before you get to the last one. Yeah, when I well, yeah, was most of cre- no, sorry, I was gonna say when I was reading up on it after, like, because I was like, all right, let me see what like kind of went on, and I was trying to like figure out some of the lore with the movies and all that, 
And they explain it's like, yeah, like every time he fell asleep, that was like when he would wake up, that's the story the next day or something along those lines. And I was like, oh, I guess they did throw in five days. But until I read that, I never caught on at all that it actually went through the five day cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make it like so super unclear too. That's the thing is like the movie's so oddly balanced because there's so much exposition for things you don't care about, and then all the other details that would be cool or interesting they never do anything with. Which is just like it just seems like a real hodgepodge kind of like it makes sense why this movie was in development hell for like almost seven years too. So yeah. that's a question yeah, I not- had. Actually, sorry to cut you off, but like that's what I was wondering is like why did they wait so long past the real hype train of the franchise for the movie to finally come out? Because, like, I had, like, nieces and nephews who were super, like, it was all they did back in, like, 2015, 2016-ish. Yeah, they, they shopped it around, and the issue was, I remember reading about this moment to pull up just to be exact, but I know this one for a fact was they originally got, like, Christopher Columbus attached to direct it. The guy who discovered America? Yeah, oh, fucking, what's... <laughs> How's he still Christopher alive? Christopher Columbus came back and he says, I need to colonize this franchise. Um, you get that greasy Italian off that movie. No, his last name's Columbus. He's the one director that did the Harry Potter film. Oh, God, you know who I'm talking... Yeah, Chris Columbo. Is it Chris Columbo? <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cockering of Fire. Yeah, that's. A, <laughs> I'm looking it up now. God, Harry, and it's it's spelled like it Harry is Chris Pop- Columbus. Okay, it, well I just said Christopher, and you all make fun of me. <laughs> it is Chris. There's probably a reason he goes by Chris Columbus. I just realized now. Um, yeah, he was he was attached to in 2008. Christopher, not the genocide or Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> and even weirder is I just found out pulling it up again that it was uh, in Blumhouse production, which who makes the film, uh, you know finally at the end of this they got it all the way back in 2017 and been kicking around since then now I'd never seen any Blumhouse movie before but I know they have a bad reputation for like no, they, say, they just do cheap horror movies I'd say they do cheap horror movies but they they get some real bangers every once in a while you've probably seen one they did first off they did the Halloween remake but they did Invisible Man which actually is pretty excellent I do really like that one did they do Don't that Breathe was great. um looking right now I think they did yeah uh, they did Happy Death Day, which is actually another pretty good one. Oh, yeah, Insidious, that's fine. Uh, the Purge, okay, they've done a lot of big ones. Holy shit! They do. They yeah. they have a very oh paranormal activity. They have a very shit. efficient style of filmmaking. Yeah, and I feel like exploitation is sort of a thing. Of yeah, well, right. Which yeah. I guess is another thing. Where, like, usually this reminded me of, like like old <clears throat> horror movies from like the seventies and eighties, where like okay, they had no budget, but they spent all their money on, like, special effects, or maybe there would be some good performances or interesting camera work, and nothing really, like, too scary happens in this movie. The gore is not very gory. It's like you see like, a knife about to hit somebody, then they cut to another angle. Mm-hmm. And even the uh, the special effects, like, I was kind of surprised to hear that those were all, like, Jim Henson things, which, okay, I guess I can see that it was actually there, but, and I think that's just having to keep with the design of the video game they just too smooth and they don't they're not intimidating to me at Make all them rougher that is that is definitely i think a problem with translating something like this to the screen they did a wonderful job of recreating exactly how it looks in the video game but that world is already exaggerated a little bit if they would have made them like gruffer and a little bit more realistic i think it definitely could have gone a longer way from yeah. making them feel intimidating yeah and that's the thing is like they didn't even take from their own video game series is if they did a build up they should have had at least a few nights where it's like the robots following them slowly and like getting creeped out by it but they did, there's just no build up with that yeah. the way they do the reveal like I think it's the second or third night basically the one aunt who's trying to make sure that she can get custody of the daughter and collect the money 
Uh, she's a, yeah, that fat two hundred dollar a month yeah child check from, from the woman who smells like cigarettes. You never see her smoke like when yeah. she before the, the she gets killed. Which do we see her death? No, nope, off camera. Of, we, we, no, like Freddie's just like, oh yeah, she's sleeping, isn't she silly? And that's yeah. the thing too is like um. We're, we're jumping ahead for that, but I do want to talk about that scene specifically. Is, uh, a home invasion shot of having Freddy be there is uh, alarming enough, but like that's such an easy atmosphere to make creepy and set up well. They didn't even make that scary. Like no. Once again, if you have a jump scare you're going to use, that's a great one right there. Or at least build up like a figure coming in through the back slowly. Not just like, here's the scene, he's in the house, she's dead. It's just like it felt like they were rushing through it almost. Yeah. I think um, they were just trying so hard. To, you know, they're PG-13. They're like, how do we make sure we don't hit R? Because you figure probably the most violent thing was when you see the silhouette shadow of her, the robot chop chomping the person in half. Like yeah. that was probably the most violent thing. And they're, they not that I'm saying they're trying to aim it for kids, but they're probably probably trying to get as much ticket sales as possible or whatever. Oh, yeah. You, you can definitely say they're trying to aim this at kids. Yeah. Like, there's no shame in that. They want that money. I will say, I was researching the movie, and if the box office is right, it's made, like, over $250 million. Oh, yeah, it's been a huge success. Wow. And that's why I'm hoping, like, they... I think there's a shot if they... I think it could be a good sequel if they get a better director. Oh, yeah. Matthew, Matthew Lillard already signed on for the sequel. Yeah, they have Matthew Lillard, which I think is another thing I was going to bring up is, like, is a key point. Like, if they actually have more time for his character and they get somebody with a better writing and directing it could actually be fun and actually like get into the horror atmosphere of it but like it's just like it feels like they had the the structure of a good horror movie but it just never was put together well so that's why i'm almost interested in seeing a sequel for it as blasphemous as that might sound uh, also i i gotta bring this up because her death was already brought up i feel like max undeservedly got like the worst death possible i feel like the ant should have gotten that death yeah yeah because the so basically the babysitter is in cahoots with the ant um but and she's, like, reluctantly there. She's reluctantly there, and the, they show that, like, she actually does care for the kid and isn't, like, a complete monster, but she needs to get money and payment for it, so that's why she's getting it. But they basically get hired by the end to go wreck the, the Freddy Fosbear's uh, little place because they think that if they wreck the place, they'll get him fired and they can accelerate getting the, the benefits. It's, it's a stupid subplot. Um, but they, of course, all get killed by the animatronics, once again, another scene they could have, or a whole, I'd say, area of the movie, they could have had more horror with it. They could have had more tension built up. They could have even emulated some of the games again of trying to do the locked doors, but they didn't. It's it just like, it's so bizarre to me that like the creator of this game series that made the first one that actually is a pretty well done video game and is scary didn't bring any of that to it or have, like, any of the world-building attitude that would have, like, added to the horror elements for the movie. Well, yeah, and it's also, like, it's 25 minutes before we even get to Freddy's. Yeah. yeah. And then, all, like, 38 minutes before we see, like, the animatronics at all. And then 58 minutes before they start really doing anything, like, evil that you can really see. Yeah. Okay. Also, I apologize. I also have to bring this up because Max's brother... Max's brother and that gang are referred to in the credits as the juvenile gang. <laughs> Those 40-year-old men. That group of adults, <laughs> that group of people with 401ks were the juvenile gang. Well, they don't have 401ks, but yeah. they're the age. They're, they're they're should, they should have them. And then uh, yeah, we'll get it out of the way here, too. There's a scene in the diner where they're all meeting and Matt pets oh, the right. waiter. He um, sure is. That's, that's just a theory. Yeah, okay, it's just a theory. Oh, I almost threw my remote at the TV when I saw that. I already fucking hate Matt Pat as is, but when I heard that, I was like, God damn it! 
And then, like, once again, they they didn't get Mark Pyler in it because I guess I had a conflicting shooting schedule at the time. He was supposed to be the security guard at the beginning of the movie. I'm I'm a Mark Pyler fan, so I'm like, they didn't even get the guy I would have liked to see in the film. Yeah, Yeah, they had, like, some other streamer. He was uh, the cab driver, so... They tried to throw in as many like little nods to that as possible, so at least they kind of knew what made him famous in a way. I thought that was weird because I kept thinking that was going to be like a racist caricature, and (laughs) it wasn't. But then it kind of was. Like he had a post-credit scene, and it's kind of funny when you realize like he's a real-life person. Then so you're like, I guess that's just his vibe. Yeah, Yeah. but oh shit, there was a post-credit scene. I didn't even. There was. Yeah, it's 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 not important to anything. Yeah, it doesn't have a. There's that little clown statue that falls around the main character. Oh, balloon up. boy! Did Bull. you fucking do any research? No. <laughs> but, he, but he's also he's also he's like a taxi driver in his own car. Like I know it's supposed to be Uber, but like he's nobody calls an Uber. And you know, if you get yeah, a taxi driver, taxi. you know what, who I think you should get for that role? Robert De Niro. <laughs> it's my opinion. Famous streamer you know, Robert I, De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking more like Danny DeVito. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> But uh, I will praise this movie for one thing. It did a good job of, like... The could, credits! <laughs> it could take place at any point. It was like, they didn't, you didn't have cell phones. Like, it could have been, like, the 90s or the 80s. It like, definitely Definitely it was modern such. time. But yeah. yeah. There, was, there was a few good choices for the film. That's why, overall, I feel like I would say, once again, this is, like, going to be just a down-the-middle okay um, once again, There's some like, competency behind it. I just think they all dropped the ball. Yeah, the practical effects, Matthew Lillard, all the scenes he was in were really fun, even before the reveal of him being the murderer. I like that he got down. He was that, in like, the movie before they were, he took before he was in the suit at the end. You didn't realize that's the that's the guy in the office that's offering the job. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Oh, how did I, I? No, I didn't realize that at all. You memory hold it already by that point. Yeah. It's well, already, like, well when he way. took off the mask, I immediately recognized him as Matthew Lillard. But before that, I didn't for some reason. You had to see him in that good old scream setup all over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like his scenes were all really fun, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, I feel like the look of the movie was like good. I think it honestly did look pretty good. I, I wasn't. I, I'm not on the same page of like they could have made the robot scary. I think it's just that didn't use them well. Um, so there's some there's some positives, but. Once again, going through the plot a little bit quicker, the sitter gets killed after that point with the whole juvenile gang, which is so funny their name. <laughs> um, so he has no option but to bring his kid sister with him to the job. She meets the animatronic robots, and they turn out to be her friends because they're actually dead kids inside of there that like to party with other kids. This all sounds stupid, but it is the plot. Sorry. And it um, is stupid. Yeah. And it is the plot. Um, he's still trying to fall asleep to remember who the person was who abducted his brother while this is happening, seems like not a good idea. Um, finally, they get more and more through the plot. Vanessa shows up. Well, the, the kids have to get him. Like, they want, uh, what's the sister's name, Anna? Uh, the sister's name was, I wrote it down, Vanessa. No, wait, no, that's Vanessa. That one. Abby. Abby's Abby. Abby, and yeah, where they like, we want Abby. Well, you can't Oh, that's this. way later. We got so much to go through. Yeah, and we, we also left We're... off one key uh, important character, which is Vanessa, which is the one cop. Um, the yeah. only cop in town. And man, this, uh, once again, this is like from somebody who doesn't like know how to write this character because she was all over the place. Um, well, she's just there, I feel like, to, because somebody needs to be able to, to find out that they broke into Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, me doing it. Yeah. Because like, well, otherwise, like, okay, they broke into the place and ransacked it. Who's going to call the cops? And Why yeah, the cops give a shit? It's supposed to be abandoned. And then if you know the lore of the series and with the movie, Vanessa also is basically the the daughter or related to William Afton in some way if you're talking about the video games 
so they have this whole thing of her like being basically kind of supporting his actions or knowing about it so she's kind of covering it up at the same time um and also is it's slowly driving her crazy but they they don't really act on that too much it would have been fun to see more of a kind of like schism falling apart for her as the film went but they didn't do a good job with that either she was just like an exposition uh, MacGuffin, basically like she was like the reason yeah, to explain 100%. why this is happening yeah and soft love interest yeah Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? When I see a movie, I want a hard love interest. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Full penetration. Uh, just, just, just a hot crime. scene right in the middle of it, out of nowhere. Yeah. Just, just like Go, going on while the, the sister's like doing the fort with the uh, guys. They're in the back room. Yeah. And like she holds up like a sign that says like PG-13 and she burns it and it turns into an R. <laughs> um, just something fun like that. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically like her purpose in the film. And I feel like I forgot to get her in the earlier plot when we we're going over all the details because I've been a little sloppy with it, but like all the characters seem like they're just there for exposition and nothing else. If, if you know anything about script writing, like there's so much fat that could have been cut from the script yeah. from a few rewrites, like just things that you don't need, things that they say over and over again. Yeah. Oh, but wow. it, I, I was also thinking like, they had to fill, they couldn't have this be a 30 minute movie, which is really all that it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> they had to make it an at almost it, two it hours. It could have been condensed too much. I feel like even if it was trimmed down a little bit, that would have helped it a lot too. Even if they kept everything like it was, but cut out certain scenes, that might have even helped. That's it. why I'm wondering when you said it's the guy who made the video game who wrote it, maybe he wouldn't let them cut things out. Maybe yeah, he was like, I mean, oh, this has to be in here. Honestly, and also, when you're an executive producer, you get to call so many shots. Yeah. So. Honestly, yeah, he's, I, I was thinking while I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Please no, I was going to say, he's probably so, like, at, like, so lore, like, poor at this point with like the series and doing it for 10 years he's like oh it's got to have this in there it's got to have that but he kind of forgot that like keep it simple stupid is what made it good in the first place we need to show him falling asleep constantly <laughs> um yeah it's um to kind of get to the the final few parts and beats of the movie uh they they get and they find out that basically um the killer is still alive and also that the animatronic robots want a new friend so they want abby to be put into like a robot body as well um what i don't understand about that they had to get like uh mike that yeah mike's the maker yeah they had to get him him to like make like a faustian bargain to get abby and that scene was so then they just go to his house so why do they need his permission that scene was so poorly done because it's like where he's like yeah you can have her i don't know why but wait no i don't know you shouldn't do that it's like they should have just either committed fully where like he just goes completely craven and gives her up or be, it tells them no and they take her anyways. And also Matthew Lillard, when he killed and I uh, like, they don't go anywhere near it, but presumably molest these children as well. Yeah. And, but did he know their ghosts were going to get attached to the robots? Was I mean, that that's, plan? that's never made clear, I feel like, in the movie, but like. It's just I, a happy accident? Yeah, I guess it is just a happy. I feel just like he's like, he kind of knows it. Like I think that that was his goal all along is to control of them, and and that's you know, you talk about the weird plot points like they're controlled by a picture drawn on the wall. Like yeah. well, at the end Abby of the day, has like a psychic connection with them. I don't they're, even they're know dead. if it's they're dead that. kids. Yes, kids yeah, are but at dumb. the end of the day, like yeah. her art that all the whole movie are like she only communicates with pictures. And they kept driving that point home. And at the end, they're controlled by the pictures. Because the picture up on the wall was them all getting along with Matthew Lord, a.k.a. Springtrap. So that's why he was able to control her. Because that's the only way they could understand. 
but you know they're sophisticated enough to be friggin' freddy krueger and go through your dreams and get shit but they can only communicate through drawings otherwise like because yeah what i kept wondering what are the rules of this movie's universe is it magic or are they evil robots and they got a real issue it's an outback steakhouse situation there's no rules and it's just (laughs) the onion is blooming (laughs) yeah it's it's blue like an asshole yeah i mean this movie fails from one thing the problem is it came way way too late and willie's wonderland came out and was already done and better than us (laughs) <laughs> I do kind of want to see this for the Nicolas Cage bow. Oh, you had, yeah, you should see it. That's all I'll uh, say. Honestly, I did want to propose uh, if we have you all back, can we only have you back for Five Nights at Freddy's type movies? Like, <laughs> well, I'm down for that. Or that banana. There's also that, that, that banana, banana splits movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we just watched the regular banana splits. They're terrifying the, enough. It's, it's funny you said the Faustian pack earlier because we already made one with uh, comedian Logan Nielsen who we had on for, oh, uh, right. where we've decided to only have him on for shark related movies but shark something so now we have to have him back for Santa Deep Blue Sea was it in Santa Shark? No. it was like Mary Sharkmas or something Mary Sharkmas there's uh, go back and listen to Logan's episode it's really great oh but we God. decided we're only going to bring him on for schlocky shark movies so. <laughs> I gotta look it up now you know, while you're doing that, I, I did have another point about the movie I wanted to bring up. I I definitely feel like there's a lot that could be cut from the film, but in general, while watching it, it felt like a lot of story was just kind of missing. It felt like I was watching an abridged version of a Five Nights at Freddy's TV show. Yeah. That was, like, cut mm-hmm. down to be a feature for TV. Yeah. Well, you've got all this exposition at the beginning of the movie, like, the first... This movie doesn't really have acts, but where yeah. the first two acts would be, and then, like, oh, shit, we have to have, like violence and we have to have some kills happen there's no interesting kills everything is just being chopped up and uh, also for the listeners at home i can't believe i forgot the title it's really great it's santa jaws <laughs> that's a good title it's a it's a movie that is worth watching i have watched that and of course you have so, the funny thing is look logan's seen it so at the end of our episode it's like no you have to watch it because it's actually like really entertaining and fun i'm like there's no way and this is now like the i think like the fourth friend i've mentioned that's been like no it, it fucking kicks ass how do you go wrong with a shark that has a candy cane unicorn horn that stabs people and he's wearing a Santa hat? We, we need to make sure this happens with Logan now before <laughs> Christmas. I'm real in on this. Oh, I mentioned there were no interesting kills, but I was thinking like some, something like this should like, since it's like evil Chuck E. Cheese, I felt like it should have like tried to get like anxieties from being in an environment like that. Like you could have had to kill like somebody being oh, force fed pizza and cake oh, until like their stomach explodes. Or getting stuck inside like a, a, a giant claw machine or something, just like a seven. something interesting. Ah, uh, pelted yeah. with ski balls until they just like their brain explodes. Yeah, yeah, oh, they're tied to the good. end of the ski ball and just getting their heads whacked in by those heavy wooden balls. Yeah, I was wondering, like, did they cancel doing that because in the games, you just see a flash of the thing coming at you. You don't actually know how it's killing you. So were they trying to give it some mystique? Like, we know some of them, okay, they went in the mouth, she was chopped in half, or if it was a little cupcake thing, it was, like, biting you. Or that insane but murder presumably, mask. Yeah, like, presumably, is it always, are they biting you? Or are they ripping you apart with their, like, hands? Like, I guess part of that is, like, the old, like, adage of, like, is it scarier when you don't know exactly how it killed you? But then we see all of them at the end of the day. They're stuffed in costumes, so they're not Yeah, you know, they're being, yeah, they're being. And I mean, I guess at least that's more accurate. But I think it was more, like, to keep the rating down, and it's just Mm -hmm. cheaper if you don't animate or film something. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, I feel like, once again, you give yourself, like, a Herculean... I said that really fucking... Herculean? Herculean. Herculean? There we go. Her- Herculean task. Nuclear. Uh, if uh, only uh, Eddie Murphy was here pull, to help you with um, But, yeah, I feel like you give yourself a huge task with that of, like, if you can't do jump scares or gore, then you have to be really good at directing atmosphere. And that's, like, really something only seasoned, I feel like, directors can do at that point. I mean, I feel like that's why we're talking about The Shining so many years later, because there's not really, like, any... I mean, other than, like, the bathtub scene, there's not, like, major gross-out scenes in that film. It's just... There's hardly any... There's not really any music in it. Yeah. Mm. There is some music, but I think it's all, like, diegetic, or at least ghost diegetic. Yeah, but that movie just sits with you, because the whole atmosphere of that movie is so creepy that afterwards, just, like, I feel uncomfortable, and I don't know why anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's also all the abuse that happened behind the screen. Yeah. Abuse your actors more. Like, be a professional. That's what I say. It's a lost art, really. Yeah. Yeah, You don't hear stories about it anymore. The guy who directed the The Exorcist, he was like, like fucking permanently injured the woman who played the mother with one of the special effects. Like she's like, oh, it hurts my back. When yeah, her back. Like, oh, okay. Then goes like, really let her fucking have it. Like, mm-hmm. this guy was an asshole. I mean, I like that movie, but yeah, we're manos yeah, to hands man, of fate. It's a yeah, poor Torgo getting his yeah. fucking knees turned backwards the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I oh. am Torgo. Uh, fun uh, a fun aside with that is like uh, me and my friends growing up were huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 fans so one of my friends got a copy of Manos the Hands of Fate so we could just watch it by itself because we might have that experience let me tell you awful it was so boring it's just and especially because we were teenagers so it's like we could just rip and have fun ourselves and we were just like watching like <laughs> yeah but you're not so funny <laughs> and then like because we're all like 14 or 15 at the time we were watching it, we were just like, what if he farted really hard right now? <laughs> just like, that was the best we were working with. So. Well, you got That's why you got to find your own bad movies when you're coming up. That's like the most important thing that yeah. you can learn as a teenager. Oh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I guess, I guess there's so many options for kids to watch movies now, but it, I don't know, maybe they'll figure it out, but I feel like just going to a video store and grabbing like, the worst VHS, the VHS with the worst box art. Yeah. The problem with the VHS though is some of the worst movies had really good box art. So you wouldn't know That's any better. Too. And yeah. you'd be yeah. like, oh, this movie looks awesome. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I'm watching. Like, what was that? It was, a, I think, a full moon production movie that's like it had the blood that would go up and down on the cover. If you shaked it, was it Breeders or something? Bloodstone? Like that? Ooh. No, I'll, I'll, I'll remember it here soon. Um, Trashing full. Yeah, moon. it's hard to have somebody uh, jog your memory when you just don't know. I'll get it. <laughs> no, I, I know a lot of Full Moon. I mean, they did all the puppet, uh, puppet master movies. They did subspecies. Oh man, I was always. I've seen some of those movies. I was always still more afraid of the trailers than I ever was the movies themselves. Because <laughs> the movies are pretty yeah, like I not super up, scary. But that, the, what's the one with the knife? Uh, I grew up the puppet him. with a knife. What's that's his name? puppet master for sure. Yeah, that no, was puppet master. His name was Blade. Blade. Yeah, yeah. I knew yep. it was something simple like that. I loved those. The movies. Daywalker. Speaking yep. of a franchise with a great, uh, great lore behind it, that's that's another classic one. Oh, I, I love really how much they like have a history behind all the puppets, which is really funny mm-hmm. to me. Oh, also they put fucking souls in those puppets too. Yep, it was way better do- killer doll movie than most. <laughs> Yeah, which is funny that the Full Moon Productions also did demonic toys. It's like you guys you kind of already did it. Well, yeah, it's just kind of it is like a novel update on a pretty classic idea, like clowns being scary. It's basically the same idea as that, just something that's innocent and sweet being turned evil and against you, something that chops you up. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Now they've come back around to being sexy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Was it Tracers? Okay, it shouldn't do this during the podcast. Yeah. I'm very unprofessional. Yeah, but... Brandon, what are you doing? I'm looking, looking through all the pictures folded pictures to see again. which one it was. Oh, I forgot they did the Ginger Dead Man, too. Oh, they sure did. <laughs> Castle yeah. Freak. They did They did a lot of movies. Yeah. Shout out to Full Moon Productions. You know what? They're making some fun gems over the years. Um, yeah, to, just find, to get through the end of the movie... We find out, once again, we already spoiled Matthew Lillard's the actual killer in <coughs> Afton, which is the big, like, central figure from the series who's the actual killer that makes the robots. Has, like, weird psychic powers over all of them. It's never fully explained in he's, either. He's just in charge of them. I, yeah. I think he's he, dad. I, like, I he, think like, he's it, rape dad. I, yeah, so he's, he's the father of the police officer. I, I think it kind of makes sense when you honestly approach it as, like, the ghosts are children. They don't have any rules that they're actually, like... A bot bound to except for being children yeah like the only reason the shit works is because they're stupid kids who believe in it even though they are ghosts yeah um, i don't know at least that kind of makes sense to me i think also like the the main hero of this movie doesn't really have any heroic moments which is kind of uh i think doesn't help his case because like basically his whole role is to get terrorized get chomped on by the cupcake robot a few times Get stabbed by Matthew Lillard, and then finally tell his sister to put a picture on the wall. That's basically his whole main role in the film. Mm. Did he even tell yeah, her to do that? Don't... She just did that on her own, I think. I think she figured yeah, out. Yeah, she own. did. She figured it out on her own. Tweet us at Podzuki. Oh wait, we're not on there anymore. Yeah, we're not. Um, yeah, he had us on Blue Sky at Podzuki. His only real way when he does teats. when he does do the hero yeah. bit, all he can really do is just hit him with stun guns and uh, cattle prod. Wait, yeah, you know when he yeah. did look heroic. When he was beating the shit out of that guy in the fountain. Yeah. yeah. That's the, this was like the only time he had initiative in the film. Hey, that that hey. should have been the ending. Yeah. It should have been him bringing him to that same fountain to beat the shit out of him. If that dude had been a child molester, he'd be a hero. <laughs> I like I like Bart's theory now. Like, it's a weird another time that makes no sense. Like, this fountain gives me power. If it takes a hundred dudes and one of them's a child molester, I say it's worth it. It's a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good intention there. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, calm down there, IDF. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, I'm sorry I'm liberal uh, being anti-child molesters yeah oh man uh, anyways that it gets revealed the picture's put on the wall the robots turn on Willie Mafton they they put him in one of their they turn him on so much yeah yeah he probably has a big old boner the whole time he's getting murdered well that's actually I'm, I'm sorry this is another fucking issue I have with it they all stand around him. The only one who does anything is the cupcake who bites him and then activates all the spring traps in his costume. The yeah. others just look at him. Yeah. yeah. They don't, like, rip him apart. That would have been great. Reenact this, the ending scene of Day of the Dead yet again. It's been done in so many films, but mm-hmm. it's so fucking kick-ass. Have him get ripped apart. Show it all. Um, I mean, I thought the same thing. He should have been ripped apart. I know they're probably saving him for the next movie, and also I know in the games, I think he dies that way. He he dies in the suit. It's a a big key point in the the plot, but uh, because he becomes Springtrap, which is basically like a kind of like skeletal rabbit suit thing. Um, Yeah, stupid. The the design's kind of cool. No, I'm I'm just. Um, But anyways, Donnie Darko too, piece of shit. Yeah, ooh, we hate him. I forgot the name of that director. He's fine. He did whatever afterwards. It was a lot of bad movies afterwards. Yeah. Like, like I know it's off topic, but they're like interesting bad movies. Like Southland Tales is a mess, oh, but it's also like fascinating. They're like, how can this come out of some dudes? And it, it was says, like the studio. Nobody's saying no to this. Guy. And it's weird because it's like one of the Rock's like first big acting movies before he really hit it too. Yeah, <laughs> and it is also a movie where like there's some in, there's some cool like special effect things or like camera trick things is that the one where the car is fucked 
Yep. Okay. That's how everybody remembers it. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it before I did. <laughs> I think that might be just the clip for this episode now, too. <laughs> also, that has the uh, Justin Timberlake music video smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. Where he sings a killer song. You know what I'd say? Get him, Brittany. Get him. <laughs> um, is anybody surprised he's kind of a jerk? I mean, we can't be. No, not really. I saw that evil energy in him when I watched that Trolls music video. I, mean, I don't think you get to be that level of famous and not be an asshole. Yeah, it's kind of like the president conundrum. Yeah, well, I mean, I also think that like you can't really be... If history remembers your name, you were an asshole. Yeah, unless you're like Fred Rogers or Dolly Parton. Yeah. I do love Dolly. Yeah, we yeah. all do. God, you know what? If he, if she ever wants to be on this podcast, I'm just going to put it out there. We'll allow it. I think the only person who hate, hated Dolly Parton was that guy she wrote to "I Will Always Love You" for. Oh no, no, unknown no. Histon also hated her. It's the reason he got oh. fired from Squidbillies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that weird uh, trivia. God. Man, he was was he just thinking like he was on top of the world with Squidbillies. He was. It was in his eighth season. I'm getting eight dollars a month from Adult Swim. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Wait, does Squidbillies really go on that long? Yeah, yeah. It, was it was on for a long ass time. It was yeah. in like ten seasons, didn't it? Yeah, but it was probably like Aqua Teens, where it had like a f- hiatus, a few hiatuses in yeah. between, where like it wouldn't be on for a few years. Like they they were re- reruns. I, I will say the recasting they did was incredible because they just got uh, Tracy Morgan, and it's just Tracy Morgan, and it's great. Oh, oh shit! I gotta watch that now. Oh yeah, yeah the last yeah. season is fucking phenomenal. Wait, they yeah. really did that? Yeah. I didn't know that at all. I have to check that out. Yeah, <laughs> rules. Um, but yeah, I feel like we, we've talked enough about it. We don't need to connect all the loose ends. We kind of just want to get a general feel and plot of the movie. So we can go to the... the we're going to rate it 5 out of 5 Nights of Freddy. I'm sorry. I'm what? lazy. Actually, yeah, but, before it. we get to review, could I, uh, could I actually award MVP of the movie? Yes. Uh, I'd like to award MVP of the movie to Doug the Lawyer. Okay, yeah, he was really fun. I like that he kind of became a meme after this film, too. Oh, did he? Yeah, he's it's, it's in a lot of TikTok videos of him like just doing weird things or using it for cutaways. Hell yeah. I wanted more of him. I, I at least wanted him to have like a weird death. He's he's there with the aunt when they're like explaining, ex- like talking stuff with Max and her brother. And he's like, at the oh, restaurant. I shouldn't be yeah. here. This is illegal. Oh, yeah, Matt Pat looks at him. Yeah. He's great. I think he's the only one that survives from the whole juvenile gang. And, uh, ants, he is. So. Yeah, no, he aged out of it. That's why he's fine. <laughs> It'd be so, okay if they, once again. I feel like I want to see a sequel because they could. They might be able to make something interesting and good. I love the idea that he just keeps coming back and getting attached to the wrong people, but surviving each time. Honestly, they bring back Doug and that pharmacist. I'm in for Five Nights at Freddy's too. Oh, I'm the pharmacist for, was great. I'm too. in for Ten Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, oh my god, he's gonna be the like, new Burt Gummer. He's gonna be showing up in like ten movies after this. Don't you yeah. ever smirch Burt Gummer by adding him to that channel. <laughs> oh, wait till we get to talk about Ron Canada later. Um, but yeah, for I'll, I'll kick it off with the reviews. So we're going to give it five out of five nights at Freddy. Lower the worst, higher the better. I think you can all tell from how we've talked about this whole episode. Five out of five. Um, no, it's... Once again, I, I feel like we, we complained a lot. There are some highlights. Overall, I think it looks good. It's not great for the plot. The scares aren't where they need to be. But I... I didn't hate it outright, but I feel like it wasted my time. So I'm going to give it a two out of five nights of Freddy. Um, you know, you're on baby mode. You survive two nights and you're like, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm too scared. That's how it feels. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. I don't need to go any deeper. I can't believe like all the media that's going to content and generate like out of this. It just, we, yeah. well, why are we doing this? <laughs> I'll give it one. Oh, damn. Cause it's just like, wow. It's not like the yeah. It's not the worst movie ever made. I think there's actual like competency behind the scenes. It's just 
there's no passion in it. There's nothing interesting. It's just boring. Not anything that I found interesting about this movie. The most interesting, I guess, was the story was that it was based on a video game. Scott Cawthorn's like listening to this right now. I'm like breaking pencils in half. There was so much passion behind this. Oh, I'm a genius, yeah, damn it. Uh, well, Scott, if you are listening, read uh, How to Write a Screenplay book because you need yeah, it. I mean, just something to help out a little bit. Even just like Stephen King's On Writing would be great for you, I feel like. Yeah, like, like brevity is the soul of wit, which means don't waste my fucking time. You don't know, like even in the like the opening cinematic where they had like they explained a lot of the backstory just with like the little like eight bit intro thing. Like they explained like the kids disappearing and like okay, yeah, the characters don't know that, but the audience knows that. You don't need to keep saying everything if we know it. But it, it's just yeah, I wasn't angry about it, but I just completely uninspired and boring. So one, I can't give it any more than that. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm going to be spending uh, only two nights at Freddy's. This is definitely like not the most painful watch I've ever had. And ultimately, I think if you're like 12, you really like the games. Right. This is like this is even a movie that's probably going to give you serious nightmares. So I'm sure parents probably love it for that. Um, like, like Luke said, this film is not like super poorly made. There is just not really any passion there, and it feels like that script. They were sitting on this for like seven fucking years. They could have done another fucking draft of this. Yeah. I I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I need to bring up my very last note I made, which is just, in quotation marks, I really did try to warn you in my own way. Vanessa, what the fuck were you doing that entire time? I, I, I just can't even. Yeah. And that goes also, back to my point with Vanessa's character. Is like you either have to downplay it, make her seem super normal so it comes as a surprise at the end, or make it seem like she is just going crazy in every scene you're like what is up with her i really thought she was gonna do like a f- turn out to be completely evil because like mm-hmm. after like the second time she shows up like okay she's important she's yeah. involved with this in some way that's that's got to be the sequel oh yeah we forgot to say she's in a coma now so oh, yeah, she'll no be back. Police, so there were no police around to investigate the murder of the aunt or why she was stabbed so that's why mike is fine with his yeah i thought that too like okay like there's maybe they wouldn't do anything about the bodies at freddy's but there's a dead aunt in his also presumably has a job kind of a funny thing at the end of the film everything's kind of been put on its right path and now he has custody of his sister it seems like is what they insinuate i just love to see that court case of like the judge go like hmm everybody's missing the murder yeah, okay, I think we're good. Yeah, she's yours. I don't give a shit. Uh, I just don't care. Huh. This is my last day as a judge. Aunt never showed up to the court trial. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, it came in early lunch. Nice. Let's get out of here. Let's see. I see your kid sister drew a picture of a, of a bunny with a knife murdering a bunch of children. What's that about? <laughs> okay, well, anyways, I don't give a shit. I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll give it to you two then for your reviews, and we'll get into the stupid game section after that. Dry Jambers. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm probably, like, a 2. I'm almost at, like, a 2.3 or something like that, where it's, like, I could fall asleep through the second thing, try for a third night and wake up there and be like, yeah, it's not worth it, and just go home. Like, I didn't outright hate it. I think it's the dad in me that, like, kind of actually liked the part where the sister was, like, friends with the uh, all the animatronics and stuff like that. Like, I thought, like, because yeah. it was the last thing I expected, too. So when it came to that, I was like, oh, this is a nice little, like, just something different, I guess, if I had to give it any kind of credit. but Yeah, that's, I mean, I would I also kind of agree. Like, it gave it just a little bit of, like, pathos to it, and they could have done more with it, but they didn't. And you see, it's like, a movie about family. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Uh-oh, curse line coming up. It's dumb. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's still a mess. But it's like it. I guess it was overall better than I was expecting, while still not being very good. But yeah, it's all. It's like almost average. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going uh, two point five. Um, Jim, two point three is a terrible goddamn score. You're only doing point five increments. I don't know what the fuck is a point three. <laughs> I had to get my point but across, Brian. It's it's two point five. Oh, I mean, if you if you listen to previous episodes, you can go anywhere you want with these ratings. <laughs> I, I just look at it like I the way I would think of it is if it's on TV, I'm not going to automatically turn it off, but I'm not I'm never going to go out of my way to watch it. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what I'm in the mood for like this. So, um, didn't totally hate it. There's some good parts, a lot of messes or misses. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, 2.5. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that's it's exactly how I kind of feel too. Of like, it, it, I wouldn't skip it if it was on a channel, but I'd just be like, yeah, I remember when this was a movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd skip it unless every other channel were something less desirable. Yeah, that's true. What, what would I'm trying to think of what would be below it for horror movies I've seen? Well, maybe in a couple of years, the sequel, Crazy Fat Ethel. Yeah, I'm talking about a crazy fat apple. Wow. <laughs> yeah, God bless her. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that's five minutes afraid, and then we're gonna get right into that stupid game section. Quit playing stupid games. I'm so excited to go through this list I mentioned earlier. Scott Cawthorn has a very interesting history. One of my favorite things is that he actually did work for some um, religious productions. Uh, so he's involved with like helping. You know, like how you see those cheap DVDs of like made up Christian shows. He did a bunch of those back in the early, like, aughts and tens. Uh, so I'm going to give you three of these that he worked on, and you need to tell me which one of these are not an actual one he did. So option A, was it Jesus's Kids Club? Option B, Bible Plays, uh, colon, David and Goliath? Or C, Christmas Symbols? And you think it would be, like, spelled C-Y-M-B-O-L-S, like the instrument, but it's actually symbols and the word symbols, like, uh, representing something else. What, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to uh, I'm, I'm gonna, what What's the first one? Uh, Jesus's Kids Club. I'm gonna go with that being the, which one's the fake one or the, the fake the real one. one. Yeah. I'm gonna go with that one being the fake one. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, with number two. Uh, the Bible plays uh, colon David and Goliath. Yes. Okay. Nice. David and Goliath. David and Goliath. I'm gonna go A. The first one. You all lose. They're all real. You're okay. <laughs> I couldn't get over all the titles that I had. <laughs> oh, he's a son of a bitch. It's okay. I got two other options, so somebody can actually win this game. Uh, so we also talked about this earlier. I was going over the list of all of the games he's made, and there's so many that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I promise I won't trick you this time. One of these is a fake title. The other two are real titles. Did he make a game called Pogo Duck? Did he make a game called Escape from Neo Barcelona? And did he make a game called Bad Waiter Tip Calculator? <laughs> Whoever wants to go first. I'm going to guess the second one. That's... Uh, Escape from Neo Barcelona. Yeah, that one sounds good. <laughs> Escape from Neo Barcelona. Uh. Yeah, I'm going with that one. I no, I want to do the dumbwaiter one. The dumbwaiter, okay. Fuck it, I'm going pogo duck. I just like the sound of it. All right, well, guess what? Uh, I I, I want to say we got two on the board now. Luke got one, and then also Brian got a point. So oh, yeah, fuck you, Jim. It's it like every goddamn person. time we do a game with any episode we're on, I always get like no points or lose. <laughs> well, you could bring it back and tie it on the last one, possibly. Hey, you were right. Pogo duck does sound fun. Right? Yeah. The, the thing is, like, I was writing this out, and I did Escape from Bar- Neo Barcelona a second, and I almost c- 
crossed it out because I'm like, this is too obvious. And I kept going through the list like, no, these are all. I think I, I, think, I, do, I, think, I just understand Brandon's brain a little bit because I can usually tell that sounds like something Brandon would come up with. <laughs> it definitely sounded like something Brandon would come up with, but I was hoping it was real. Like, yeah. I wanted to live in the world where that was real. I just I want NES Ducktales with the Jesus coat of paint. Yeah. <laughs> What's Neo Barcelona even going to look like? What's regular Barcelona look like? Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's Nobody like a, knows. It's a cyber dystopia with a slight lisp. The lost city of Barcelona. It sounds like a CDI Unless game. It's a country. Okay. Uh, for the last, uh, ch- the, this is kind of a tie into our other game that we're not going to do today, but it's uh, Who the Fuck is Ron Canada? I wanted to bring it back to Matthew Lillard. You think for sure he would have worked with Ron Canada before, but the fun thing is that he also uh, was in possibly one of these UA Bull films. UA Bull is a famous bad video game director, one that I'm sure most of us know, but just for those at home, if in case you're not aware um the reason that i feel like we're all like at a low bar for video game movies is because of him and a few other directors like this compared to any of his this would be like a, a four out of five film if you've watched any of ua bowl's films mm-hmm. but matthew lurd was in one of these ua bowl films these are all real ones was he in either a house of the dead uh b alone in the dark or c in the name of the king a uh, dungeon siege tale uh I'm going to guess uh, House of the Dead. Matthew Lillard's in House of the Dead. Okay. I, I want to say Alone in the Dark, only because I have seen it, but not for like 10 years. Okay, nice. I like that. Dungeon Siege. I'll split the difference. Okay, got one for Dungeon Siege. So it was Alone in the Dark in the Name of the King? In the Name um, of the King, a Dungeon, a dungeon Siege. Table. So I've, I've seen House of the Dead. I, I know he was... Oh, but you haven't seen it for many years now. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. I gotta go with The Name of the King. I, I feel like that's the only one I haven't seen. Because I've seen some terrible goddamn movies. I, uh, I, I got some good news and some bad news. It is In the Name of the King. That means that, yes, Jim did get a point, but Brian also got a point, so he still went ahead. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. But I do want to tie it back and one of you could still either tie it or come in the lead but i'll still open the floor for everybody which one of these films was an appearance of canada in out of these three films oh ron canada yeah wait ron oh yeah you don't you've made who is ron this person oh sorry ron canada is a working actor that's been in the industry since the 80s with over 200 appearances famously the judge in ted 2 uh he pops in a lot of these things oh do we do we never use the uh title for that that i recorded or yeah, no, okay. okay yeah it's, it's the time. reviews one that we don't use yeah, yeah. did the... uh, ron Cannon, we love him the very first time we saw him he played a cop in honey i blew up the kid um honestly just a force of an actor he was so charming that film we decided that we had to look him up during that episode and then we saw like holy shit he's been like it, 200 it, yeah if you've watched like any like television from like the 90s you've seen star trek fan you know he's star both. trek babylon 5 yeah. he is he is our ultimate get uh. Wait, who's he in Star Trek? He's uh, he's uh, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, the Masterpiece Society. He's the guy like where they. Oh, go, you have it memorized. Holy shit! I've been looking up. The uh, where there's a city like where they're like all like genetically matched to live in that city, and none of them can go in or out. He's the like processor who's really pissed off at the Enterprise there. Uh. Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And I don't remember the name of that episode, but where Worf is put on trial and it's basically like Rashomon, mm-hmm. where like uh, everybody's going on the stand and they're recounting the way they remember events. He plays the Klingon uh, prosecutor. Oh my that. god, this is this is big breaking news for Ron Canada. He's also in the Orville. Oh, oh. 
Good, know, it's good casting. casting. That's really smart. Him. Yeah. yeah. He, that man belongs in space. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a but gift. Yeah, like, Why not give it to the, the universe? Let's get the question. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, which one of oh, these yeah. films was in Canada? Uh, was Canada in? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say the names of the movies? Oh, it's all the same selections we had before. Right. So House, oh, okay. Yeah. House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark. I said this before, but you were so bad at this. I'm really. I mean, I'm not being paid for this. That's it's true. A classic positive energy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. House of the Dead. I want to say Alone in the Dark again. Okay. I'm going alone in the dark. I was going to say alone in the dark. God damn it. You're all wrong. It's in the name of the king. Really? Wow. Star-studded cast. He wasn't, he wasn't in the film, but it was filmed in Canada. So Brandon. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Is that why you kept saying it like an idiot? Yeah, I messed it up. <laughs> um, okay. But you know what? How about, how about the end of this? I, I got a game. I want That was your last game? Yeah, that's mine. I game. want to bring back an old one because it's been long enough. I think we can do it. Uh, how tall is Steve Buscemi? We are once again asking you, how tall is Steve Buscemi? Oh, hey, Ooh. yeah! That's a oh classic. my god, we've played this in like 40 episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. How tall do you think Steve Buscemi is? Because <laughs> we started doing it, and then each time we would forget. And guess what? The magic's back because yeah. I forgot completely. I thought of it last night and I couldn't stop laughing. I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up. You know what? This is a good podcast. Yeah. We should talk about it a lot sometimes. Yeah. But... Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to say he was six, seven. Okay. I'm not... Wait, I just been really tall. I just <laughs> yeah, I don't have a man. It's too late. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Okay, six, seven. Okay, Martin. <laughs> He's so I... tall. You know, I forget. Is Steve Buscemi Shaquille O'Neal? No. no. Okay, okay. Then Brandon's answer is so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> really? You know what? I'm going to say he is five foot nine. Okay. And uh, you gentlemen? Five six. Five six? Five ten. Five ten. We have no winners because Steve Buscemi is five eight. Five eight, which is oddly enough, like I thought, like I thought I remembered it actually. So like I'm not gonna vote, but isn't it I would have been inches? wrong about my vote because I was gonna say five eight. Isn't it sixty nine inches if you convert it into one inch for each one? I don't know. No, that would be sixty eight inches. Mm. Wait, <laughs> have you ever sixty eight before? That's an even weirder move. <laughs> You're just so, there, like, like in the thigh, in their mouth just by missing. Accident and yeah. yeah. Man, this is a funny game. But yeah. <laughs> well, I hate to say it, but that means Brian is the clear winner for all of this. As bad as I wish it I'm at least consistent. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, at least we can get into the good old recommendations and plugs. Um, I, I have a very... So I should say for our recommendations and plug, when it comes to recommendations, we go off anything. It could be an emotion. It could be a really good book you read recently. Um, it could just be a concept, but it's uh, usually closer to like a book or a movie, though. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go with a, a concept and a feeling, which is getting high and watching Let's Play videos, specifically of railgun shooters, because I did that a few nights ago with somebody playing through all of Carnival. I was just like, man, what a ride! <laughs> uh, I haven't thought about Carnival in like so. And you know what? I gotta long. say, watching it, even though I was like slightly stoned, it was like this is kind of charming. You know what? I feel like we. It was in the, that whole era of video games being overly violent, but like they actually had like a good aesthetic, and they were trying to be funny about it, and it kind of was sometimes. So I'm like, you know what? It's good they tried something. It's, it it was really interesting to watch very high. Again. <laughs> this is my recommendation, but I'll often like I like watching those. I mentioned earlier those YouTube videos where it's just a robot voice reading Reddit posts, 
and they've got those, but it's like an actual person reading them, and they'll play like clips from like a video game in the background, like somebody playing a video game, but it's such a, it's so, I hate those because it like gives you anxiety to watch it. Like you can't, you can't, you can't relax. It sounds actually more <laughs> so of a crazy. personal thing. <laughs> it could be. I'm just saying. I I doubt I would be alone from people who've seen these. But my recommendation is going to be. It is on Hulu. Is the Ooh. '80s hospital show Saint Elsewhere. Ooh. I some friends of mine have watched that a while back, and they would always talk about how much they love it. So I finally got into it. And if you know anything about the show, you know how it ended. Like, it had a weird ending, but that's really unfortunate because it is, in its own right, a really good show. You talked about that in the last episode, too, didn't you? I did? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay, I guess. It's not a bad thing, though. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, if you but like yeah, something. The man's got like, uh, St. Elsewhere under mind. He can't get away from it. Yeah. I just, I'm just Googling if Ron Canada was in St. Elsewhere real quick. So He hasn't <laughs> been in it yet from I'm seeing him. I'm on the fifth out of six seasons. Okay. But uh, it is, like, is Bill, Daniels, Bill Daniels from Boy Meets World is in it, and he's oh. like an asshole. And it's so good. He, he does it so well. For crying out loud, Alan. <laughs> he says that a lot to his wife. I don't have anything to plug, but I do have a, a recommendation. I know we were talking about Promare earlier, and I mean, as we brought up, biggest problem with Promare, not gay enough. Personal recommendation, watch through Promare every couple of minutes, scroll through Promare Rule 34 while watching, it fixes every problem I have I in the movie. Like, you know, if you just watch <laughs> gay porn during it, any movie can be gay. Yeah, well, that's I mean, true. That's what they used to say. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Luke, my, my argument in theory. is that not every movie is, is made better by the addition of gay porn. <laughs> Promare specifically is. Yeah, okay, I do agree with that argument. Yeah, yeah. Promare and Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. yes. Those yes. are the two movies. Hello, penis. Meet asshole. So uh, I actually, just two nights ago, for the first time, beat the original Alone in the Dark, which is the progenitor to Resident Evil and oh, old yeah. survival horror. Um I, as someone who's been a lifelong Resident Evil survival horror fan, it was a game that just completely eluded me. Played it, beat it, and you know what? Like, as someone who is very forgiving of the terrible tank controls, the sound design, the feel, it, you you know what? I still enjoyed the shit out of it. So if you want some true nostalgia and can deal with tank controls, that is a must try. Yeah, did, did they utilize all ten of those polygons they had at their disposal? Uh, they, they, they sure. You know what? Hey, they. I was actually more impressed because as you go through this haunted house, the doors you open stay opened. Like there's little touches where you're like, there's actual like okay, they 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 did some some uh, fancy shit there. That's oh, yeah. that's what I wanted to say before I was like almost interrupted you again was like uh, I feel like when they were more limited they did so good with the atmosphere because like that game itself was pretty scary back in the day but I think of like the Clock Tower series a lot which is once again oh love that graphics yeah. are very limited but they did such a good job of atmosphere that's the one with the dude with the giant with yeah, the giant scissors. scissors yeah and that's like the first game I remember feeling like true anxiety and panic with playing as a kid because it was so unforgiving of like the PlayStation okay. one yeah because like there was a like, Super Nintendo one that never came out in America yeah I played the PlayStation one. As a kid, I remember that's the first time I felt just like sheer terror of like, oh, usually in a video game it's more forgiving. But it's like, oh, you went in the wrong room, you get murdered now because you, you went in the wrong room. <laughs> that You're game. dead, and your friends are dead, and the hobby <laughs> the estate is dead. Everyone's yeah. yep. dead. Yeah. What a good game! Yeah, I, I gotta. 
it would be fun to go back and check out the Lone Dark because I have not played that in many, many, many years. But I remember, yeah, it, it is. It, it's decent still. I feel like so. It is. It held up. Yeah, that three sixty remake is so fucking funny. Oh, I yeah. haven't played that one yet, but yeah, that's uh, it's, that'll it's, be eventually a to do. It's it's peak two thousand tens like edginess. Love oh, it. Another, another good, <laughs> another good old like uh, first generation console or uh, second generation console uh, horror game Splatterhouse series. Oh yeah, oh yeah, those oh, are really oh, yeah. We love that series. <laughs> Fuck yeah. What about you, James? You know I'll get the chain running with uh, old PS One horror games. Uh, everyone ever play Overblood or even hear of it? From back in the oh, day. Mm-hmm. So it was made by EA and it's about as Resident Evil a clone as you can possibly get. Like you kind of just wake up as a guy with amnesia and a laboratory and like the first like third of the game, you don't even see a single enemy kind of deal like that. It's kind of oh, I remember seeing this around the look at the boxer right now. Oh, I definitely recognize that boxer. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like in a lot of ways it's kind of a mess like of a game like it's it's clunky even by like tank control standards but it has like a really cool atmosphere to it and just like for what it does right it does a really good job but it it, like just don't go into it expecting something that's like a masterpiece because obviously no one talks about it anymore but i bet that cover fought against it because that cover looks like uh, tom clancy's splinter cell oh yeah yeah it really does too but yeah and you also for a little you also have a little robot sidekick so that's always fun that's pretty cute. I like that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of those games. Brian, like shut the super... fuck up. I see you shaking your head over there. Jim, as someone who's always wrong, you can't beat me in these things, and you gave a 2.3, you know your shit's fucked up. So I'm not saying it's a masterpiece. That, I just said it's no masterpiece, but it's an interesting one to see. But it's, without, but it's still playable. It's not like one of those total messes from that era that you can't go back to. Yeah, I think about like uh, those that that era specifically of like Deep Fears, another famous one that's kind of been forgotten. It's a Sega Saturn one too that has like a really great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of miss that. You had to have a Sega Saturn to play it though. Yeah, all three people the... with one. Yeah, <laughs> and oh my, God, I've I've complained about this on too many episodes and talking to friends. Like I started doing more emulations since I got a Steam Deck like about a year ago, and emulating Sega Saturn games is a, is like a, a level of hell that I did not know exists that Satan made recently because it just oh, yeah. it just famously does not work sometimes and like even people online are looking up guides are like yeah I just can't explain it sometimes it'll work sometimes it will I mean the architecture mm-hmm. of that system is so fucking wild it is I think that's the main reason it has issues because it's, it's, it's the same reason the Jaguar has problems doing emulation because they it basically has like two processors that don't match up with each other perfectly and they only ever really used one of them yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why every third-party game on that thing's a fucking mess, too. Well, most of them, I should yeah. say. Yeah. You guys sound like you know a lot about video games. You guys should do a show about it or <laughs> Eh, we dabble. Every once in a while. We dabble. Some board, <laughs> some board dads. You definitely have the, the bookshelf of somebody <laughs> yeah. who like, does this stuff on YouTube. And yeah, actually, I just realized I, I skipped doing plugs, and I think we all did, but I forgot to mention Thirst for Adventure at the Lincoln Lodge if you're in Chicago the third Tuesday of every month. Um, Great show. Great show. I feel like we're. Uh, this is going to come out after the November one, but the next one will be December. I should have fucking pulled it up. I hate myself I'm so say, fucking much. I'm just going to say December 69th. Uh, December 19th. But yeah, if you're in the area, I recommend it. It's a D&D live play show where we do one-offs. It's a very simple concept. We just have comedians play the roles of the characters. Uh, and then we have all this, uh, the people that produce the show play like chance run characters. It's really yeah. fun. I, I have a, a... I'll plug my friend's thing. I have a friend who's got a new podcast. They dropped their first episode uh, last week. I think they're going to have episodes coming out every two weeks. Uh, Big Bitch Energy. Great name. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
and uh, oh, Sharon Palm, and I don't remember the name of the other person that said it. So Sue's Ball. Sue's Ball, yeah. Because I, I did the art for the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. They told me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, they're both super funny people. Uh, yeah, I listened to the first episode. It's really funny. It's about, like, body positivity and, like, uh, the first episode, like, about being heavier and, like, growing up, but then I, they're going to have guests on, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good SEO there. You don't hear that term a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. that we're ready to try. Does anybody else? Uh, do you do you guys any plugs outside oh. of uh, the usual or? Um, oh, for our page or anyone else? Yeah, no, just if there's anything else coming in mind, I should say before we head out. Yeah, we're just doing paperwork now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have like just want to make sure. Yeah, do you have like a cash app scam you want to advertise or something? <laughs> uh, yeah. Money's at. <laughs> I'll go through the I'll go through the usual spiel. So you can find us on YouTube at Drink a Beer and Play a Game. So we mostly do well. Back in the day, we did video game reviews. Definitely shifted more towards the podcast side these days, uh, which you can also find on iTunes and Spotify. Power Hour Podcast. Uh, go to our socials to find it. Because speaking of SEO, fucking calling anything the Power Hour is awful for that. So <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at a beer and a game. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky. Hive. We even have a truth fucking social. I was like, I'm putting us on everything, no matter where anyone is. I hope we just like land on one eventually, but also maybe that was the issue to begin with. Wherever so. fine and also not fine podcasts are found. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just like Podzuki itself. Yeah, so ba- mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I just whore it everywhere. So yeah, any social media of choice, you'll probably find us over there. So, And we also have a Discord, so if you're into that, links are going to be in any one of our videos to find all that kind of good stuff. And we have a Patreon, like Almost everyone else where you can get bonus episodes and bonus segments and, uh, you know, movie review requests, game review requests, all that kind of good stuff. Nice. Yeah. Toy. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a, a really a good one. We're gonna, I'm going to aim to get this out right before Thanksgiving. So this is going to be a Fredsgiving episode. I, I don't know why I waited to the end to announce this, but. Yeah. And also why you're announcing while we're still recording. Nah, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I really should just wrap it up. Yeah. I'm so unprofessional. Okay. Wrap that shit up. Okay, here we go. We're going to see if we can get it. Three, yeah. two, one. You're going to like, like the way, way I fuck. fuck. I, I guarantee it. it. Did that just happen? I think yeah, it did. did. Yeah, Thanks for being on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jim and Brian, for being on. The trick the trick was that. I did the opposite of the thing I wanted to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks yeah, a lot, guys. Thank you so much. It's been great. Hey, it was cool. great. Thank you. We'll so have you back for Willie. Was it? Willie. Willie's Wonderworld. Willie's Wonderworld. Willie's Wonderworld. And then for the Banana Splits. And then Banana Splits. And then by the time we do both of those, there will be others. Yeah, and then, then, and we'll then, do, then we'll, we'll do request to just be on for uh, Puppet Master when we yeah. do the full moon. <laughs> oh, yeah. As they say, as they famously say in the movie, uh, the, the video game Borderlands, welcome to hell. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank and you, no guys. No rest for the wicked. <laughs> you guys. Right, bye. See you, See later, you guys. guys. We regret that you have not yet complied with our order. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat.